my life. And we've seen that the psalm is a fashioned and a chiastic structure, and so this is parallel with the second phrase of verse 1, I shall not want. Uh, the two are filling out each other in terms of Hebrew parallelism. And the question comes to some people, could this really be true? Is this hyperbole? I mean, did David really lack nothing when he was fleeing from Absalom and leaving everything behind? Did he really lack nothing when he went to Ziklag and his wives had been uh, kidnapped, all of his stuff had been stolen, his houses had been uh, burned to the ground? And I think the answer is yes, he really did mean that. Because he owned, he possessed the owner of all things, God himself, uh, he believed he lacked nothing. He would be provided for by God for everything uh, that he needed. And in fact, he is saying in this phrase that God was with him when he was with the sheep. Uh, he was with him when he faced uh, Goliath. He was with him in, in Ziklag, working all things together for his good and for God's glory. And there's four things that I would like you to take to the Lord's table with you. Uh, from this phrase and the first is that there was no doubt in David's mind whatsoever uh, concerning this that word surely is capturing the whole verses confidence it's faith it's a certainty uh, that he had and it was not a certainty that flowed from presumption uh, it was a certainty of faith because God had made a promise and when the God who cannot lie says I will never leave you nor forsake you uh, we can know that the creator of all, the sustainer of all, the owner of all, the provider of all things has promised to bless us as he's promised in this verse. That's what Ephesians 1 says. And sometimes we can't see it, uh, but David, because he had faith, could see God's blessings even when everybody else could not see them. All they could see is the darkness that was around them, and it sustained him. Now, the nature of the blessing is given in two words, goodness and mercy. Goodness is the Hebrew word uh, tov, and there is such goodness that flows from God's throne into our lives that even tragic things, even horrible things, are in some ways transformed so that they're working together for our good. Romans 8, uh, verse 28 guarantees that. The word for mercy is chesed, and as we've pointed out before, it is a word that's almost impossible to adequately translate into the English language, but it's variously translated as steadfast loyalty, steadfast faithfulness, steadfast love, steadfast mercy, or sometimes simply as mercy or love. But always it's this idea of God's covenant commitment to us. Now that's an amazing concept when, when you think about it. Uh, it indicates that word goodness indicates that there is not a thing that can happen to us that is not in some way touched by God's goodness. And by faith, we need to be looking for that goodness. And the second word, mercy, indicates there is not a thing that happens to us that is not in some way touched by God's steadfast faithfulness, His steadfast loyalty, His steadfast mercy, His steadfast love, however you want to translate uh, that term. And if you would spend some time just meditating on those two words, I think it has the potential of turning your life upside down. I remember the first time that I began seeing God's hand in absolutely everything. I was up in Canada. I was just newly reformed. And I had recently become convinced that God ordains all things in life. 
And I remember very vividly uh, having a flat tire and just having this excited expectation that God's got some good in this for me. I know He is a faithful God. He's working all things uh, together for my good. And I'm looking, okay, what is the good that is in this? Now, I didn't discover what the good was in that particular situation, but I knew it was there. And uh, later, I was late for a meeting because of a traffic accident and a jam that had happened. And again, it was almost like, okay, Lord, I know that there is a birthday present, so to speak, that I'm opening up. There is good that is in this. I stubbed my toe, and yes, I was looking for God's goodness and His faithfulness and His love for me, even in that situation. And it became a habit of life for me. Now, I did not always discover exactly what the goodness and exactly what the mercies of God in my life were, but I knew they were there. And because it had become a habit in my life, I began seeing God's goodness everywhere. In all of the situations of life, it became, it it, it almost gave me a a newfound faith in life. It was one of the, you know, people talk about the second blessing that they had. Well, becoming a Calvinist was my second blessing. It was just thrilling to know that nothing in life, even the worst things that happen to us, are working together for our, for our good. Now, the second, uh, or the, excuse me, the third point is that this is an inescapable blessing. You cannot run away from God's blessing because even in the very act of running, God's hand is chasing you down and disciplining you, and His discipline is good. It is good for you. It is a mercy in your life. Um, The word for in the Hebrew for follow me is used in a military context for chasing uh, enemies, for pursuing, for hunting down. In fact, it's what made one old Scottish uh, preacher liken it it to his two sheepdogs that were, you know, they would always chase. Anytime a sheep would wander, it would chase that sheep and bring it back into, uh, into line. I think a very appropriate symbol. So he named his two sheepdog goodness and mercy. <laughs> but David was from time to time worried about the fact that his enemies were chasing him down. And he had to use due diligence to try to escape from capture. But he realized it's impossible to escape from God's goodness and mercy, chasing him down, peppering him, as it were, with that goodness and mercy. So that word follow means it's inescapable. You cannot run from it. You cannot escape from it. If you think that Satan can get between you and God's goodness, you are mistaken. God's goodness will pursue you, even if you can't see it there. The the last point that you can take from this phrase is the enduring nature of this blessing. Goodness and mercy are hunting David down all the days of his life. No exceptions. Those two sheepdogs, you know, were tailing him, trailing him, you know, when he was uh, on his sickbed in first, uh, Second Samuel chapter 15. And yes, even at the end of his life when he's shivering, he doesn't have enough... Uh, strength uh, to keep his body warm, uh, you know, in his uh, last days. It is an enduring goodness and mercy. It's a goodness and mercy that's at work in your life when you are backslidden. It's at work in your life when you're walking close to God. Uh, It is a good and mercy that is at work in you when you pridefully think that you're so smart, as well as during those times when you've blown it and you think, how could I be so stupid? 
Uh, it is a goodness and mercy that is at work in your life when you have job losses, when you have financial bonanzas and financial disasters. If you, can, if you think you can outrun God's goodness and mercy, you need to get over it. It is absolutely impossible. And so as you come to the Lord's table this morning, I want you to thank God that this goodness and mercy is certain, it is inescapable, and it is enduring. And ask God to give you the eyes of faith to see those sheepdogs always watching out for you, making sure that everything in life is touched by His goodness and His chesed. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful to You that Your goodness and mercy chase us down, hunt us down, follow us all the days of our lives. Forgive us for those times when we doubt that, for those times when we uh, tend to think that everything's working together for our bad. Forgive us for those times, Father, when we have this tendency uh, to look at life through the eyes of Murphy's laws instead of through the eyes of your promises. Father, that is a wickedness on our part, and we put it under the blood of Christ. We want to trust your word and to follow it by faith. And so we pray that as we come to this covenant meal, that our uh, eyes would be encouraged, that um, we would uh, be given the ability by your Spirit to look at life uh, from a new perspective, from uh, your perspective. And uh, Father, we pray that you would strengthen this, your people, and that you would be glorified in our partaking. Uh, do set aside these common elements to a holy use, and we pray that you would be glorified in our partaking. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.